Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May, how to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple Podcast, episode 36. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple Podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath Waring. Hello, and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I've spent the last few hours batching content for the podcast and trying to get ahead. I always say this, I don't always manage getting ahead, but I have to now because I have changed my process a little bit. Not that it will affect you as a listener, it just affects us internally in terms of who does what and who is managing what part. And therefore it means I have to become more organised, which is a good thing. So I will try my hardest because I know I'm sometimes not so great at being organised in this department. This week it's a solo episode and as with all the solo episodes, I have crammed it full of great tools and tips and strategies for you to use in your business. And actually, this is almost like a part two. If you remember back in episode 32, just a few weeks ago, I talked about the tips and tricks with email marketing, but it was mainly focused around what systems to use, how consistent you should be, what's the difference between HTML and text-only emails. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it's well worth going back because it's a real kind of helps you either review where you are, gives you some options, or if you're getting started, then it kind of is a great place to start. But today's episode, we're going to be kind of following on from that episode. We're still going to be talking about email marketing But today I'm going to walk you through my eight tried and tested methods to get your emails opened and then read. Because let's face it, that is the whole point of doing email marketing. You spend your time crafting this email, coming up with the content, only to send it out and get an abysmal 20% open rate and an even more abysmal 1% or 2% click-through rate. 
So anything that we can do to A, first get people to open that email, and then once they've opened it, to actually read and take action on the content has got to be a good thing. In the first part of this podcast, I'm going to show you four ways in which you can get your emails opened. And then in the second part of the podcast, I'm going to be showing you four ways in which you can engage your readers to actually read and hopefully take action on your email. So let's get started. Opening your emails. One of the first things that you should really pay great attention to is your subject line. This is so important because actually this is kind of the thing that's going to determine whether someone really does open that email or not. And I've got a few kind of hints and tips as to how you can use the subject line in order to then get people to actually open your email. So one of the first things you can do is give your line a really good think. Now, I was watching something the other day by Marie Forleo talking about copywriting And she said for every bit of copy that she writes, she does 20 headlines. So if you take that, oh, actually, I think it was 25. So if you think of that from an email point of view, let's say for every email you're putting out there, you think of 25 email subject lines, then that's how seriously she was trying to say you need to take this. Because often, I don't know about you, but often we know the rough idea of the content we want in the email. And then we kind of just pull out the subject at the end, when really the subject is probably one of the most important things. For me, a good subject line will have one of the following. It will either surprise or intrigue or pique someone's interest or provide a question or a statement that someone will think I want to read on or they can relate to. Now, I've put together some examples throughout this whole podcast for you so that you can have a really good idea of what I mean by this. So some examples of good subject lines might be, you won't believe the one thing that made the biggest difference in my business. Or if you were talking about a product or you sold a product, you could put something like, who knew it could do that? And then something like, have you ever done this? Question mark. Now, The one thing you need to be careful of is it doesn't sound clickbaity. Now, if you don't know what that means, it's basically where you're attracting someone into your content when you're not really fulfilling the content that you're offering. So if you are talking about one thing that made the biggest difference to your business in your subject heading, you really have to go on and tell them that one thing in the email. So as long as it matches what you're saying, then you can still create that intrigue and surprise and interest. Try and think a little bit out of the box with this one. So my second tip on getting things opened is get personal. Now, if you're using a modern day system like MailChimp or Drip or Infusionsoft, you're going to be able to put someone's name not only in the body of the email, but also in the subject line. Of course, the other major consideration you have when thinking about doing this is how is your data? Do you actually hold people's first names? And how clean is it? So sometimes people spell their first names wrong. Sometimes they put their first name and surname in a first name box. Sometimes they don't capitalize it. So you might want to do a regular check of your data to ensure that you can correct any errors that you can see. 
And then once you can do this and once you've got the facility in the system that you're using to do this, you can create subject lines such as, Teresa, I hope you can join us or how can I help you, Teresa? It just has a lot more impact in terms of grabbing my attention when I see it in my inbox. Tip number three to get your emails opened is have you ever thought about adding emojis? Again, one of the main tricks about getting your email opened, well, it's not really a trick, but one of the main things you need to consider is attracting them to that subject or getting that email to stand out. We all know what it's like. We have hundreds of emails coming in. You kind of scan through them to see what's rubbish and what might be useful. So anything that helps it stand out and makes my eye draw to it has got to be a good thing. Your consideration on this one is make sure that it fits with your brand. If your brand doesn't use emojis, then you might want to think about maybe it's not going to work for your business. However, if you do use emojis, then why not experiment? Why not put an emoji or two in your next subject line and see what open rate you get? And then the last tip in this section in terms of how to get people to actually open your emails is in adding a pre-header. Now, a pre-header is a short summary text that follows the subject line when the email is being viewed in your inbox, i.e. the email isn't open. And it kind of gives you a preamble or a bit more detail or something that hopefully should draw you into opening that email. And often it comes after the subject line. So you need to make sure that it follows on from your subject line. So again, I've got some examples and what I've done is the subject lines I gave you in the first part of this podcast, I'm going to add the subheadings into that. So if you remember the first one, it was, you won't believe the one thing that made the biggest difference to my business. So your pre-header on this one could be, and it's so simple. So you're really intriguing the reader to open the email because not only have you told them something that has made such a difference to your business, but you're telling them it's simple as well. The subject line that said, who knew it could do that? Your pre-header could say, and other amazing uses, if you're talking about product and different things that it does. And the last one, have you ever done this? You might just follow it up with, or is it just me? Question mark. Before we move on to once the email's open and how to get people to read it, one thing I want to mention is this is always a test. Now, it's impossible to say at this point what is exactly going to work for one person or another. So the way I do these things is I will send out an email and I look to see what response it gets. So maybe the first three emails, I don't use an emoji and the next three, I use an emoji or I test different subject headings and maybe do some split testing of subject headings. It's always worth just paying attention to what's worked, what hasn't, and then using what works. Just because I suggest using emojis, let's say for instance, actually for your audience, they might not engage with it as well. So it's always worth just testing and then going with whatever works. So now we're on to your emails are opened. How do we grab their attention so that they actually read what we've written? Again, going back to the webinar that I did with Marie Folio the other day, she focused on this point, my point number one, which is focus on them and not on you. This is not about you. Whenever you speak to your customer, it's about them. Their number one thing that they have in mind is them, not you. They don't want to know 
what you've done or what brilliant business you've got or how you've done something. They want to know whether you understand what they're going through and how you can help them be better, grow a bigger business, find the product that they need, use a service, whatever it might be. So you can do this by asking a question or demonstrating that you understand an issue that they are facing. Now, an example is, let's say, for instance, you were going to be trying to promote a time management course or a time management book or something around time management. You could always start your email with something like this. Let me guess, you were in the middle of something important and you heard your email ping and you have just popped over to see what it is and you are distracted again. This happens a lot, right? As you can see, I've tried to identify with the person opening the email. I've tried to address a problem and engage them into something that is demonstrating their story, not mine. So have a think about what your customer's biggest concerns are and see how you can help solve those in your emails or how you can address them so that they know you understand them and what they're going through. Now, tip number two for getting them to read is think about the length of your email. And I'm afraid this answer is going to be a little bit vague because the length of your email depends on so many things. A, it depends on what you want to actually say. Now, there is a rule of thumb that says short and snappy is best, but then some of the best emails I've seen are really long. So for me, there's one thing that's more critical than necessarily trying to have a perfect length. It's highlight the stuff that is really important. So for instance, if you've got a particular part of the email that you really want to make sure they see or some salient points that you want to make sure they read, then bullet point them or put them in bold or underline them. So look at the email and break it up by doing things like that. So if it is a long email, you definitely want to do stuff like that because otherwise it literally is going to look like a page of text. Short paragraphs are best and keep it kind of snappy even if there is a lot of content on there. But like I said, you want to grab their attention in the places that you want them to do something or the most key things. So if you know there's something that if they read this, that's it, you've got them hooked, put that thing in bold. Tip number three, calls to actions. Now, every email that you send should have a call to action of some sort. You obviously are sending that email for a purpose. You're not just emailing them to have a chat with them. And ordinarily, calls to action can include things like you want people to go to the website and look at something, maybe a blog, a podcast. You want people to download something or maybe book a call. Or another really good call to action is to email you back. Now, I think I might have said in the episode where I talked about the top tips and tricks for email that actually if they email you back, it's a really good way of making sure your email is on their safe senders list and therefore your deliverable rates for that person will go up and the email that you send them is more likely to go through. So having a call to action that says email me and let me know, I'd love to know, is a really good call to action. Now, my advice with call to actions would be that you try your hardest to have one main one in there. And really, if you can get away with just one, then great. Don't try and do loads of calls to action and loads of different clicks, because otherwise you're not going to be able to know which one they click and you're going to confuse them. So think about having one call to action, one aim of that email 
and making that call to action really strong and really obvious. And then the last tip in terms of getting your emails read is have a PS. Now, next time you get an email with a PS on it, I want you to see what you do because I can pretty much guarantee your eyes are going to be drawn straight to that PS. You're going to go straight to that and read what it says. It's like, I don't know, it's like some strange human nature that it's like we know we should wait for that, but that's obviously really important. So we do it. So PSs are really good. Again, that call to action that we just talked about, that one thing that you want them to do in your email, put that and reiterate it in your PS. And in my emails, I try and act human. So I might even put, now I know you're going to jump to the PS and read this straight away. So I've summed it up for you or something like that. So you're acknowledging the fact that they've looked down at that PS. But like I said, make sure you use that. I've seen emails where they've got like a PS, a PPS, a PPPS or whatever it is. And I think that's too much. I would probably just stick with one PS and make sure that that key information is being reiterated within that PS. Okay, so they have it, my eight ways in which you can not only get your emails opened, but also read and hopefully they act upon it. I would love to hear your tips that you have and what successes you've had. So if you have a really good open rate or you do something and it made a huge difference, I would love to hear about it. So my call to action for you today on this podcast is going to be for you to come and connect with me on a social media platform of your choice. Now, as you can imagine, I'm on pretty much all of them. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and Pinterest. You'll find me more often on Instagram than anything else. I do Instagram stories there all the time. I'm currently doing an Instagram story a day on a tip or a trick. So getting some great advice over there. But please come and find me. Please talk to me. I love talking to people. That's my favorite thing to do. I love meeting new people, hearing new things. So I would love for you to come and connect with me on social media and come and tell me what successes you've had with your email marketing. Anyway, next week we have a great interview with the amazing Brian Fanzo, which is going to be phenomenal. It's already recorded. It's a great episode. He gives some great tips. So make sure you don't miss that one. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 